Hello and welcome to the Next in Line podcast where we are helping to prepare you for whatever is next in line. As always, I'm your host, Chance Pitts, and I would like to thank you for tuning into this episode. Guys and gals, welcome in to another episode of the Next in Line podcast. I'm very excited that you decided to tune in today. Um, this story is very personal that I'm going to share to y'all um, as we go through this episode. But before we get too far into that, guys, first things first, thank you to everyone who's shared the show, who's given us an opportunity, who's subscribed, um, or just stopped in and listened to an episode or two. We see the numbers going up. We see the subscriptions going up. So that's a really cool experience. Um, it just pushes us further out into the channels of media out there, um, gives us more opportunity to reach more people and maybe help more people look at things a little bit different or challenge them to start pushing for bigger and better things in their lives. And that's what we're trying to do here, guys, just to reach as many people as possible and to try to encourage them to attempt big things and make the changes that they need to change in their lives. Now, along with that, guys, how you can help us continue to grow and reach that bigger audience is by sharing the show with somebody who might have the same kind of value received from the episode. Along with that, you can interact with us on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Leave us a like, comment, rating, review, um, or like I said, subscribe on those platforms. And that's going to help us pop up earlier in the search bar and to reach more people. Now, guys, that's the housekeeping. Let's go ahead and take care of some social media as well. As we get closer to these races, we got Brazos Spin 50 coming up on April 1st um, and the long race. Uh, that's Katie Trail 225 out in October. That's a 225-mile ultramarathon. As we get closer to those events, we're going to be sharing a ton of stuff on social media from training, mentality, plans, and just some basic information as well. So if you're interested in keeping up with that, make sure you give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's at Next in Line Development on all three platforms. Along with that, guys, you can also shoot us a DM there. That's where we're the most responsive. It's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Whether you have questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is, we'll be glad to message you and correspond with you on those apps. We're usually really good about getting back to people there as well. Now, the only really announcement or update we've got going on is that we are 56 days into 75 hard. Um, it's been a long road. It's had some ups and downs for sure, but there's still a really good group of us that are going strong on 75 hard, pushing through. The changes are amazing. The mentalities that we've seen coming out of people are just honestly, a breath of fresh air. It's really cool to see the shift people have had to really being dedicated to bettering themselves. Along with that, we had a little bit of a regression week on the ultra marathon schedule, uh, cut down to 14 miles this weekend after doing 20 on the previous weekend. We'll extend it back out the coming weekend to probably the low to mid twenties. Uh, I'll keep y'all in the loop on there, have updates out on social media, but really enjoying that. Um, very curious on how we're going to perform at it. Brad's has been 50 here on the first and uh, just excited to be out there competing against some really, really good people. Now, to go ahead and dive into the topic for today, guys, which is one year without alcohol, I want to give a little bit of context around this. About a year ago, just over a year ago now, on March 8th, 2022, I took my last drink of alcohol. It was a dark stout beer. I don't know what the brand was on top of a mountain up in Colorado in Winter Park. It was an awesome experience. I was surrounded by some awesome people that I really care about. Um, and overall, it was genuinely a great moment and a great time. But since that point, 
I have decided to truly step away from alcohol, to not drink beer, liquor, anything like that. And there's a few reasons behind that that I'll dive into. But before we get as far into that as I think we're going to dive, I'd like to share with y'all what this podcast is not going to be. Because I know there's probably some of y'all out there that are rolling your eyes or might be a little bit hesitant, or maybe you're already reaching for the X button on YouTube to uh, close this out. But bear with me, guys, because this podcast is not going to be me trying to convince you to quit drinking. This podcast is not going to be me rattling off a bunch of statistics about how alcohol negatively impacts your life or shortens the time you get to spend with your loved ones. It's not going to be me telling you how alcohol damages your organs and how it specifically affects your liver or any of these scientific things. No, that's not what I'm here to do at all, guys. What I am here to do is to share my story and my experience in this last year walking away from drinking alcohol. Now, since we have a little bit of ground rules for what this is and what it isn't, guys, let's go ahead and take a deep dive into the history of my alcohol use. So there's a lot of people out there that would probably consider me a kind of typical drinker for most of my life. It wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't an alcoholic. I wasn't dependent on it. But there it was every single time I did anything in life. I'd get home from work and I'd have three to six beers. I would go out on the weekends and I'd make sure to have a cooler with me. There was very little time and very little events and that I can remember that alcohol wasn't present. It really started off kind of light. Um, it's going to seem, seem a little extreme to some of y'all probably, but I grew up in a very small rural community where drinking from a young age was something that was done. Um, it was not a whole lot to do out there in the community, so we indulged in that from a very young age. And what I mean by that was I took my first drink of wine. This is away from my parents, not can I have a sip of your beer, dad, kind of thing. Uh, but I took my first drink of wine and actually drank a decent amount of alcohol whenever I was 12 years old at a friend's house. We were staying with his grandparents, and we stumbled across a case of wine, a few hot, nasty, old, expired Lone Stars, and a uh, small flask that I had procured of hot dam, which is basically the preface to Fireball, if you know anything about that. But it started there, and that was the first time I ever really, like I said, had any noticeable or relevant amount of alcohol that had any kind of impact on me. And it wasn't something that stuck around, but looking back, I see how dangerous that could have been because along with that, guys, I do have a heavy family history of alcoholism. I've had family members of mine that have literally let their whole life revolve just around that, and it was impacted to the point, and those around them was impacted to a point that they had to watch and we had to watch individuals almost drink themselves to death. We also saw a lot of individuals make a lot of bad decisions and put themselves and others at risks because of the choices they made from drinking. So there's a lot of things in my life that were red flags from before this. And being a young, stupid kid, I didn't shy away from that at all. And continuing with the small town life, in high school, that's pretty much all there was to do on the weekends. And... I say that I wasn't actively looking for other things to do, but 
having an older brother, it quickly became something that was a large part of my life and continued through high school. I know I made a fool of myself on multiple occasions. I know I did a lot of stupid things and made a lot of decisions that negatively impacted others in a lot of different ways because of my choice to drink and how heavy I was drinking. Now, along with that, guys, it carried into college like most people. Whenever you get out there alone and you're away from the parents, away from trying to hide everything, and you're just out there looking for a good time and enjoying being amongst your friends and the freedom that you found. And I quickly found myself drinking a lot. I spent my first two or three semesters actually living in Bryan, being around a lot of friends uh, who were also drinking quite a bit back then. And I would find myself regularly blacking out. I would drink myself to a point of not remembering what the heck happened the night before. I would consume alcohol pretty much every night that I could get my hands on it, uh, being a young, stupid kid. And now this wasn't something that I had a dependency. It wasn't something that I had a situation where I couldn't walk away from the alcohol. But like I said, with the newfound freedom, I really enjoyed what alcohol brought, the opportunities it presented, the social awareness that I have had of myself or maybe lack thereof that allowed me to just be more fun to be around and to enjoy those people around me as well. But with those blackouts blackout nights and with those situations where I found myself looking for alcohol every chance I could, I quickly found myself missing class all the time. Uh, my GPA took a huge hit. I finished my first semester with a 1.7 at Blinn College in Bryan, Texas. And I really had to push to recover that and work towards getting into A&M. Now, during that time, I started to take on a job at the ranch in or in Rosebud, Texas, an hour north of Bryan. Um, and I've told that story a couple times on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and catch those early introduction episodes that lay some of those things out. But I was working at the ranch and this whole situation and my desire for drinking converted itself from missing class to missing work. I was calling in sick because I had blacked out the night before or I woke up with a terrible hangover and I just couldn't make myself drive an hour north or get up early for that regard to go attend work. And honestly, it caused me some issues there as well. I was never really in jeopardy of getting fired or anything like that because of the situation um, and because my boss at the time, uh, Mr. Scotty Hall, was a really good dude. He understood, um, and also he was a young guy that was in college and dealing with some of his own things as well, I'm sure. Uh, but he was the kind of guy that, that understood. But along with that, guys, one thing that was crazy was that whenever I was missing work, I was taking money out of my own pockets as well, and I was doing it so that I could have the opportunity to drink. But with the snowball effect going on, whenever I was drinking, I was blowing through money like crazy. Not to mention commuting down to College Station an hour every single day or every other day for school at the time. Um, the gas bill was really eating it up. I had rent to pay. I had groceries and other obligations that I had to deal with, of course, just like everyone else. Not to mention tuition, books, um, and just allowing myself to have a little bit of fun with that and spend money on other things. But very quickly, I found that I was having financial issues and I was letting drinking become a little bit of an anchor that drugged me down in that sense. Along with that, guys, while I was in college, I think 
really the first time I ever took a look in the mirror and realized that I might have something going on that was an issue with my life and, and maybe that I had a negative relationship with alcohol was after a morning out on Northgate, which is the bar district down here in College Station, um, if you're familiar with it, guys. But I had a lot of nights on Northgate, but this one was a little bit worse. I had blacked out the night before, kind of like usual, but woke up just feeling absolutely worthless. And I talk about this in the episode titled Self-Hate on this podcast. I encourage you to check it out if you haven't, guys. But I talk about how I woke up and I was very hungover and I felt terrible and I looked terrible. And I went to go to the restroom in our small guest bathroom. And when I turned around when I had finished and looked in the mirror, I saw a fat, lazy, complacent, hungover, and just honestly mess of a person that I had become. And a lot of that had to do with my stupid decision making, my inability to say no to alcohol, and my desire to just honestly live my life out on a whim and try to fit into the standards that everyone else seemed to have around alcohol and around these party type situations, if you will. But that was a catalyst. So that was a good spot in the history, guys. That was a situation where I started to realize that maybe I needed to walk away. But the problem is I didn't decide to do that right then and there. And that's because I wasn't quite ready. I still had a lot of people around me that were drinking. I had a lot of situations that I used alcohol to cope with the stress of work and diving into a professional career. And it was something that didn't slow down at all once I graduated. Like I said, I, I jumped into a professional career. I started going kind of crazy in a sense uh, with my alcohol consumption. It, it got to the point to where I was drinking probably a six pack a night. I had individuals that the only time they would invite me to do anything from work or try to hang out outside of work, it involved drinking. Um, I always had beer in the house. I at least had a 30 pack or two. Um, and it was anything from Coors Light to, uh, to Keystone Light. And those probably were two of my, two of my favorites, but it also went as far as liquor and other things like that. And I really took a deep dive off, off of the deep end whenever I moved to the professional career and I started having more stress and I started having less time to spend my money. So because I was working very late hours, I should add there, but because of that, I would try to escape it from reality and I would try to make the most of my time by drinking and thinking I was enhancing my experience out there in the real world, enjoying being around people and enjoying being what I thought was a version of myself that made everybody else happy. So like I said, I used it as a coping mechanism and it was something that carried into my professional career and really had a lot of bad experiences associated with it looking back on it. Now, along with that, guys, I did have some great times. I had some experiences that that allowed me to create some friendships that have lasted a long time with me and the other individual both growing and moving ourselves in a positive way. I don't know that I would have met my wife in the same manner had I not been drinking. There's a lot of things that drinking played a key role in my life. And I think that the situation around them, I was in the right place for the right time. And I was in a situation where alcohol had a role in my life. And those experiences and learning from those things had a role in my life. And I don't regret anything that I did during 
that time. I'm sure looking back, there are a lot of things that I wish I wouldn't have done, but without those experiences and without the time I spent using alcohol and abusing alcohol the way I had, I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. So because of that, in a lot of ways, guys, some of these experiences are what made me who I am today. Now, another situation where I'm not quite as proud of the outcome of drinking alcohol would have been my cousin William's wedding. And this one is a pretty rough story, guys. Um, But before the wedding even started, we really started drinking very heavy. We were taking shots of fireball. We were drinking beer. We had a keg and we were going really, really hard. We had made a promise to the bride that we were not going to get drunk before the wedding. I had promised William, my cousin, that I wasn't going to get drunk before the wedding. But I didn't have control of the situation. I let myself get very drunk very quickly. I let myself get out of control and unruly. And in some ways it almost ruined the wedding. And I'll elaborate on that just a little bit because I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself maybe a little bit if it'll help somebody out there out. The way it almost ruined the wedding was that I was pretty much carried down the aisle by the bridesmaid that walked with me. We got to the top and there was this event that happened during the ceremony where we all had swords and I was to walk up and swing one around and point it at a member of the audience as part of a uh, kind of a planned out situation where somebody was going to oppose the marriage and it was all for fun Um, and essentially my job was to threaten them into sitting back down so that they rethought their decision and Yes, I know this is kind of a nerdy thing. We grew up nerds. That's something that I'm very proud of um, and and still a big part of me and I thoroughly enjoy. But I was to walk up, swing the sword, point it at the guy, my cousin, in the crowd uh, that was standing to have um, opposition to the wedding. And then he was to sit back down, threatened and, and scared, essentially. Well... A drunk guy with a sword, I was swinging it around and and being a little bit hectic, and I think I scared everybody a little bit there, but that part went off pretty much without a hitch. And then carry on to the later parts after the ceremony, as we were gearing up for the reception part, we all got back over by the groom's area um, in the back, kind of a little trailer that was tucked off that we were able to stand around, get ready in, and just where we did most of our drinking, actually. And the drinking really didn't stop there. We kept pouring to it. We kept going hard. And I don't know exactly what happened to this day, but an altercation broke out between me and one of my cousins. And to get in a fight with someone you care about, let alone family, is a very, very hard thing, especially at an event like that. And looking back, I... I'm super embarrassed of that fact. I'm super embarrassed that I got in a fight at my cousin's wedding with a family member because I was belligerent and out of control. And after the fight was over, I ran off to the parking lot and went and sat in the truck and scared the hell out of just about everybody because they couldn't find me for a long time. And then following that, at the reception, whenever I was still blacked out and didn't understand anything or wasn't coherent of anything going on, I was even rude to some of the staff and... Uh, really held myself in a spot that wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't have good manners. I cussed at them. I I was 
intolerably rude. I embarrassed my wife. I embarrassed my family. And that was all because I chose to get completely out of control. I am the polar opposite of that whenever I am sober. And I would never even think about cussing at a stranger, a waitstaff, somebody that has a job going on that they're working really hard to serve us. I'm a very thankful person and, and a very humble person in that regard, typically. And and to see myself do that and to hear the stories of what I did at that wedding is downright embarrassing. And that was another brick that I kind of laid down in front of me and stepped onto on the path of getting to stop drinking. I realized how stupid that situation was, how I, I can't think of another word to say, how embarrassing it was for everyone around me and and how much shame that I felt just being that kind of person and in that situation. So, like I said, that was another situation where I chose to start down the path, but didn't really deep dive into it just yet. The deep dive and the true walk away from alcohol started with the first time I completed 75 hard a couple years ago. One of the tasks in 75 hard requires you to not drink any alcohol for 75 days very, very consistently. And the truth is, I missed alcohol for about the first three weeks. I was very eager to get done and to be back to drinking. I wanted to have beers with the guys. I wanted to go out and be socially myself again. I wanted to go around and, and just enjoy life because I thought I was missing out on something by not having this alcohol in my life anymore. But the truth is, by the time I got to the end of the 75 days, I realized that it wasn't a part of me anymore. It wasn't something that I needed to involve myself in or to be around in order to be successful or to consider myself socially acceptable or approved by everyone else around me. And I also realized that the approval of others wasn't something that really mattered in that regard if I was truly being judged just on the basis of how much I could drink or how I handled the drinks or whether I was even drinking or not. So by the end of 75 hard, I had kind of walked away, but I did end up drinking again at the end of that. I was not near as heavy. It was probably once a month or once every couple of months that I would choose to drink. And I would have some wine with my wife or I would have a couple of beers with the guys. But it wasn't this dependency. It wasn't this coping mechanism. It wasn't this craziness that it had been um, that was just over the top and, and honestly unnecessary and uncalled for. So that's where I truly started to understand that I didn't need it and it didn't have a hold on me and it wasn't something that I even needed to engage in at all to to fit in or to have a good time or anything like that. So whenever I continued down the line of doing the phases of Live Hard, which is a continued part of the program from 75 Hard, I had to walk away from alcohol a few more times uh, for long periods, 30 to 60 days to 75 days again, whenever I did 75 hard again. And that's when I really, it hammered it home for me that I don't need alcohol. And that's kind of where I started to quit. And then leading back up to this time of March 8th in 2022, that's when I decided to really walk away. Like I said, I realized that I didn't need it. It wasn't a part of me that was that was serving me in any way. And following a conversation with Mr. Chris Barnes, we really dove deep into the fact of we're trying to put fuel in our bodies. 
I'm trying to do things that are high tier. You know, at this time I was running ultra marathons. I was working out twice a day, regardless of if I was on a program, I was trying to reach the peak version of myself physically that I could so that I could present the best version of myself to anyone who came around and, and anyone that I met. And I realized that alcohol wasn't serving that in any way. It was acting more as a poison than anything else at the time. So that brings up a little bit further of a question, guys. What happened when I quit alcohol? The first thing that happened is that I became very socially awkward. And what I mean by that, guys, is that I didn't know how to act without alcohol. I didn't know how to conversate with people. I didn't know how to be around large groups without having a few beers and letting myself loosen up and be comfortable. An example of that is we went to a wedding in College Station for one of my wife's friends uh, shortly after I had quit drinking. And I stood around like a stick in the mud. I wouldn't go on the dance floor and dance. Her friends were trying to bring me out there to enjoy myself and to have fun and to be around others. And I wouldn't let myself relax at all. I stood there like a stick in the mud. I was annoying. I was a ignorant pain in the ass all night. And I didn't know how to handle myself. And I was very embarrassed and self-conscious of the situation because I didn't ever have a situation in my adult life almost that I was in a social situation and I had to function among other adults without alcohol. And I realized that in that moment. So overcoming that and dealing with the so socially awkwardness that I had in my life was a big hiccup. It was one of the things that whenever I quit, I had to deal with for a very long time. But it really didn't hit me quite as hard as this next one, which is that I had some friends that almost immediately chose to not hang out with me anymore. I have people that really, really enjoy drinking and really enjoy that aspect of being social. And so whenever I quit drinking, I had some friends that viewed me as somebody that didn't fit into their groups anymore. And that hit me really hard. That was something that I wasn't prepared for fully, but looking back, it also weeded a lot of people out of my life that weren't necessarily serving me. They weren't giving me an opportunity to bring the best me forth every time that I was alongside them or with them. And so in a lot of ways, guys, that ability for people to just kind of cut off their friendship with me is a blessing in disguise. And it's something that I don't regret in the slightest. Next, guys. I talked about having money issues whenever I was drinking a lot. Did I instantly start having more money in the bank account? Did I instantly start making better financial decisions? Absolutely not. I wasn't disciplined. I spent that money on other things. I found running shoes that I needed. I found uh, a grill for the house that I needed. I found all kinds of fitness gear and workout gear that I needed. So the money thing, it's not like everybody says, oh, you'd have thousands of dollars if you quit drinking every day, if you stop buying a six-pack every two days or whatever it is mathematically that people try to work out for you. No, it's not like that. And I've gotten a lot better and more disciplined with the money thing over the past couple of years. However, this wasn't a monetary decision in any way. Now, along with that, guys, the next thing that happened was I didn't have hangovers anymore. Back when I was drinking, I had some of the absolute worst dehabilitating hangovers that would keep me in bed for a couple of days. And the truth is, 
something that really didn't make sense along with that guys is, is that I hate being sick. I hate going to the doctor. I hate feeling like I can't function properly. So looking back, one of the questions I have for myself is why would you do that to yourself? Why would you put yourself through these terrible, intolerable hangovers and feeling like you're sick and feeling like you're on your deathbed because I hate feeling like that normally. So just to trade that for a few hours of fun the night before seems so idiotic to me now. And looking back, there's so many opportunities and so many situations I probably missed out on because I chose to drink really heavily and couldn't make myself get out of bed and couldn't make myself function normally the next day. Now, along with that, guys, one of the next things that happened when I quit was I started to lose weight. I wasn't drinking all these empty calories all the time. I wasn't drinking myself to a point of not being aware of what I was eating in the evenings as well. Because for me, it always came together with, I would drink a whole lot and I would always eat something that wasn't good for me. It was eating a whole pizza by myself. It was eating a ton of whatever it might be. It might be two burgers from a joint that we went to, uh, while we were drinking, it might be going in enjoying some Tijuana fries at the chicken. That's basically cheese fries with bacon guys. For those of y'all that don't know, um, along with a burger and just a lot of things that, that didn't serve me or didn't put me in the right spot. So I noticed very quickly that I had several health improvements. My acid reflux wasn't as bad. My cognitive function was actually even better. There was many days wherever I woke up and many times when I woke up and I had a little bit of a haze over me, like a cloud, like my mind wasn't working as sharp as it should be. And that's something that isn't present anymore. I fire on all cylinders whenever I wake up. I'm rolling normally out of bed uh, with a cognitive mind and able to function in a way that I haven't been able to for a very, very long time. Now, along with that, guys, another thing that happened is that I started doing something that I have become very, very fond of, and that is I started prioritizing occasions and not the alcohol that was there at the occasions. And what I mean by that, guys, is that me and my cousin Michael, actually, who's uh, in a lot of ways stopped drinking near as much as he has, I still think he has an occasional beer, which I understand completely. Um, but we were the party people in our family. If we were going for Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, if we were all getting together for Halloween, the 4th of July, whatever it was, you could count on me and Michael to have an absolutely full to the brim cooler of beer, liquor, and a variety of other things, including champagne, wine, whatever we could get our hands on that we thought would make this a good time. And we stopped doing that. We stopped thinking about what we were going to drink and how drunk we were going to get every single time we got together as a family and every single time we got together to enjoy each other's company. We started to prioritize the event and the people there, and we started to have deep conversations and to really understand those around us and to connect more with the family members and the people that we didn't get to see all the time. So it still blows my mind for so long, and I know we're young and dumb and we had to go through that to get to where we are now, but it blows my mind in a lot of ways that we passed by so much time. We wasted so many occasions with our family and our friends 
by choosing to get honestly just blackout and belligerently drunk at times, all because we thought that this occasion of us getting together was a reason for us to celebrate with alcohol. Lastly, guys, I genuinely became responsible for my actions and decisions. I don't know how many times I blamed situations on alcohol. I blamed decisions that I made. I blamed words that I'd said on my drinking and on the fact that I was drunk whenever that happened. And that's something I was able to walk away from. That's something that I don't deal with anymore. And it's a spot where I can genuinely acknowledge that I make the choices that I make. I run them through my head. I am cognizant the entire time that I'm able to think out a problem. I'm able to make the best decision for me. And I don't find myself dealing with the repercussions of that situation the same way that I used to whenever I was drinking. Because there were many times whenever I'd make a bad decision or I'd do something stupid or I'd blame alcohol for a version of myself that I wasn't proud of, much like that situation with my cousin William's wedding, that story that I told you all about. And those are things that I don't have to worry about anymore. I don't have to worry about that stupid and somewhat just downright evil version of myself coming out and poking his head up. I don't have to worry about the demons of my past coming and biting me in the ass because of something I decided to do or because of a decision I decided to make whenever I was drinking alcohol. And that's a huge blessing and a huge step in the right direction as I try to push myself further and further down this personal development journey. The last thing I want to talk about here before I close it out, guys, is a question that I get from a lot of different people as I tell them that I'm not drinking or I get offered an alcoholic beverage and I turn it down. I always get asked, do I miss it? And the truth of the matter, guys, is that sometimes... I miss the social aspect of it. I miss some friends that I had to give up along this journey. I miss some of the situations and and the good times and the stories that were created from it. And I miss a few of the just kind of carefree situations that I had and kind of the, the ability to not be of a present mind, to just let go in some ways. And, But the truth is, I like being in control that much more. I like being responsible for my decisions that much more. I like the ability to make decisions and to move myself down a path consciously, by choice, striving towards the goals that I have for my life and moving myself in a positive direction every single time. So whenever you start to say, do I miss alcohol? The answer truly is no. I don't miss the taste of it. I don't miss the stupid things that I did. And I don't miss the way that it made me act. I don't miss the dependencies that I had socially on alcohol. I do miss some of the things that I gave up whenever I walked away from alcohol. Like I said, with the friends and some of the people that surround me and That's okay, though. I realize that my life is better for those situations. I realize that my life has been moving in a positive direction because of the decisions that I continue to make for myself now that I have stepped away from this thing, this poison, this demon, this this 
thing that has drugged me down so many different roads and, and caused so many different outcomes in my life than I'm fully proud of. So there's the answer to that question, guys. And again, I'm not sitting here trying to convince you to stop drinking. I am encouraging you to explore what it looks like to make the absolute best decisions for your life based on the goals that you have. If you find yourself wanting to quit alcohol and you don't know what to do, if you feel like this is this insurmountable opponent, this thing that you can't overcome, this demon, I would encourage you by saying there's always a way, guys. It's not as hard as you think it is. And what I mean by that, guys, is that society puts this large amount of pressure on us so that we think that quitting alcohol or tobacco or whatever it is, your vice, we think that it's much harder than it is. Everyone always offers you a beer. Everyone always offers you a cigarette. Whatever it is that you find yourself around, all of these pure pressures and all of the times we find ourselves struggling to give it up, the truth is it's all mental, guys. It's a conscious decision to try to make a change that will bring about the absolute best version of yourself that you can be. And when it comes down to it, guys, it's all well within your power. But that's the story, guys. That's how alcohol took a pretty decent hold on my life, how I decided to walk away from it, and what the outcome was from that, the things that changed in my life, the positive experiences that I had, and the momentum that I've created by not being weighed down by this thing that was an anchor in my life for so long. Guys, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I very, very much value your opinions. I value that you're able to be here listening to this podcast and that you've given us a shot to help you in some kind of way, maybe change the way that you look at the problems and the situations you find yourself in in your life. It definitely, truly means more than you guys could ever know. But with that, guys, keep pushing to find the best version of yourself. Keep making yourself do hard things and try challenging goals and always be prepared for whatever is next in line.